0: Welcome to The War. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today, we feature the first Cavalcade of America episode, After D-Day. This program focused on the vital role played by chaplains and featured another a great cast. Having listened to so many of these, I'm continually impressed by it. How many uh, dramas Wally Mara appeared in uh, during the war? So many uh, interesting parts. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and take a lesson from June the twelfth of nineteen forty-four. Here is my fighting congregation. The
1: Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont maker of better things for better living through chemistry, presents My Fighting Congregation, starring Brian Donlevy with Wally Mayer. Tonight, with the thought and prayer of America centered on the nation's fighting men in France and the battlefields of the world, the DuPont cavalcade tells the story of one of the group of men, the Army Chaplains Corps, who go into battle armed only by the strength of their faith. The weapons of this corps are the words and acts that sustain and console and give heart to those who bear the brunt of battle. Our cavalcade play is the story of one of these soldiers of faith. The story of a chaplain attached to an Army Air Force bombardment group operating in the Southwest Pacific based on the actual experiences of Chaplain Taggart as related in the book My Fighting Congregation by Chaplain Taggart and Christopher Cross. Later in our program we will hear from Chaplain William R. Arnold. Brigadier General Chief of Chaplains United States Army, who has a special message for Americans everywhere. DuPont presents Brian Dunlavy as the chaplain, with Wally Mayor as Sergeant McGowan in my fighting congregation on the Cavalcade of America.
2: My name's Ed McGowan. I'm nobody you've ever heard about. I'm just another G.I. Joe, just a sad sack a grease monkey. And this story shows me up for the chump I was about a guy. But there's something about a big man that makes you want to talk about him. And he was a man. It all started one foggy, muddy morning in our jungle base. We were cursing the mud, the heat, the flies, and each other. And then... Right out of the fog, a big plane stuck its nose toward our landing strip. We all got a little excited when Joe said it was a USO troop. But then Jim came along and took the wind out of our sails. Relax, boys. It's all a mistake. What? No women? No USO. The dancing troop is a chaplain. A sky pilot. Got something against chaplains, Miguel? Well, I don't see the point in having them around, that's all. And if I never see a preacher's face, it'll be one day too soon. Uh, excuse me for breaking up the discussion, Professor. But you're about to see one close up. Yes, yeah, says who? Says the CO. You to pick the chaplain up at the plane and show him his quarters. Right now. Yeah. What did I do? Why didn't they give me KP while they were at it? Sergeant McGowan, Chaplain, I'm going to take you to your quarters. Thank you, Sergeant. Is this your box, Chaplain? Yes, it is. Set a load of construction bricks for a new barracks, Chaplain Well, it is heavy, isn't it? I'm I'm sorry
3: Those are hymn books That's a lot of reading matter to bring to a battle Well, I think we'll be able to use them, don't you, Sergeant?
2: I wouldn't know, Chaplain, I wouldn't know I see You've uh,
3: had a pretty hard time up here, haven't you? Oh,
2: not at all, Chaplain, not at all We've loved every minute of it Well, here we are these are your quarters. And, uh, you take Lieutenant Bruce's bed. Hmm. Where's Lieutenant Bruce? He's dead, Chaplain. So you see how we started off. I wasn't going to go out of my way to make no chaplain feel at home. I guess I shouldn't speak for the others, but as far as I was concerned, the chaplain was as welcome as a bunion on a rainy day. And yet... Yet there was a steady stream in and out of his tent all the way from Buck Privates up, bringing them their trouble.
3: Now, Joe, tell me again. I want to get this straight. You say there are two more payments on that piano.
2: Yes, sir. And it'll break my kid's heart if they take it back, Chaplain. Uh Uh-huh. He's up to Port and Peasant. And I can pay next
3: month. Well, Joe, uh... You just give me the address of the company, and I'll write to them. You know, there's a provision about the debts of soldiers which
4: they've overlooked.
5: I'll discuss it.
4: So I told them when I
2: was drafted I played a trumpet. I used to play in Tony's down in the village. You're not chaplain. Well,
3: seems to me I've
2: heard of it. Well, I hear they're getting up a band over at the replacement center, and, well, I want to be in it. Hmm. Well, Larry, I could
3: help you ask for a transfer. Yeah, that's
2: it. But don't get the idea I'm looking for a soft spot. It's tough over there, too. You no,
3: know. no, I understand why you want to go. You sound a little homesick, Larry.
2: Oh, boy, am I.
3: But only for my trumpet, not a place.
2: It helps to talk to a man like you, Chaplain. A guy who's hep. I,
3: uh... I know it's a little off the beam, Chaplain, but...
2: I tried every place.
3: Well, go ahead, Jim. What's your trouble? Well, as I say, it's off your beam, but...
4: Uh, well, it's my feet, Chaplain. Your feet? Yeah, well, to be exact, it's my socks. Oh. Last time I had a pair on my feet was a month ago, and
3: the blisters on my feet are killing me. <sighs> Maybe it sounds funny, but... No, it's not funny, Jim. Uh, let's see. I think I can fix you up. You know, I'm flying up the coast to hold service at another base next week. Maybe I can get you some socks from supplies up there.
5: Oh, gee, that'd be swell,
3: chaplain. You know, the fellas laughed when I said I was going to ask you about a pair of socks, but uh, I just told them, if no one else will listen to you, go to the chaplain. He'll punch your
2: ticket. Well, that's the way it was, see? Every time anybody had a gripe, he'd go to the Chaplain. And to top it of off, Anzovino. And I'm not saying anything against Anzovino, mind you, because, well, he was like my brother. But, well, he gets a silly idea in his head. I'm going to go over and ask the chaplain. Ask him what? About the baby. You know, Rosie said in her last letter to be here on about the 3rd, that she'd cable as soon as the baby was born. Gee, I wonder what it'll be.
1: <laughs> Coconut head like you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'm worried. I'm going to ask the chaplain. Ah, for
1: the love of Pete.
2: You sure don't like the chaplain, do you, Mac? Well, how many zeros are you shot down lately with a prayer book? You might try a prayer now and then, McGowan. See what happens. I did. Yeah? What happened? I was just a kid. I put on my blue serge suit and I shined up my shoes because it was more respectful that way and the minister and I prayed for Mom together. She died anyway. And afterwards, he read something about. something about, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me shall live. It's too bad, man. But you can't blame the chaplain. For... Who's blaming who? I just don't see what good he is around here, that's all. <laughs> Well, that's really where I put my foot in it, see? Only I wouldn't admit that I did. And then one day at dawn, I see the chaplain out on the field when the men were taken off on a mission. Hey, there's a chaplain. Out to see us off. Yeah. I hope he's putting in a good word for me.
1: Say, uh, chaplain Bill.
2: Yes, Anzavino. Uh, in case the cable gets here from Rosie while we're still out, sort of look out for it, will you? I sure will, Anzavino.
3: Don't you worry about it. That's the job I really like standing in for a new father. Oh, thanks. It
2: make a lot of difference knowing you're here. Hey, McGowan. Yes, sir. Did you fix the ship this morning? They weren't cheap, sir. Hydraulic system okay. Pressure's up to normal. Good
4: work, Mac. All clear. All clear. All clear.
2: Well, here we go, Chaplain. Watch for that cable and
4: think of me, will you? I will, Lanzavino. Me too, Chaplain, Bill. Think of me.
3: Yeah, I'll be thinking of you, Jim. All of you. Good luck, boys.
2: Well, here they go again. Yeah. Great guys. Oh,
3: well,
2: hello, Cookie. Oh, hiya, Chaplain.
3: Hello, Mac. They're
2: a good bunch, those kids. Not kids. Men. Fighting men. Uh, I'll see you later, Cookie.
3: Right, McGon. Fighting men. Say Chaplin Bill. Uh, oh. I was wondering. What's the worry, Cookie? I was wondering about Anzavino oh. oh, well, he was a little nervous, but he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. It'll be a sunny day for know, when that baby is
2: born. Sure, sure. You know, Chaplin, I've been meaning to ask you. When those guys take off, they're always saying to you, think of me, Chaplin. think of me. Yes, Cookie.
3: What they really mean is
2: pray for me.
3: Pray for me.
2: The sun was going down almost ready to plunge out of sight. The jungle began to take on darkness, and the quiet was like a great big cat mouth, open and waiting. The planes were overdue, and we began to drift out to the field, nobody wanting to let on that he was worried, but everybody ready to jump for the leaf. Well, it's going to be too dark pretty soon to find this strip. Yeah, Cookie, unless we start some fires to light up the place. Hey, do you think they're lost, Mac? Why don't you ask the chaplain? Here, pipe down, pipe down. Here he comes now. Hey, look, he's got something. Huh? Maybe it's the camel. Over, you know, about Anzavino's baby. Well, it could be.
3: Boys, here it is. The message just came in. For Anzavino. Hey, what is it? A boy or a girl? A boy. Seven pounds, three ounces, blue eyes, and rosy spine. <laughs> oh, you hear that,
2: Mac? Oh, boy, hey, folks, over here. anzavino has got a baby. Oh, a boy, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mac.
3: You're uh, Anzavino's tent mate, aren't you? Yeah, sure. Well, then... You tell him, Mac. You give him the cable. Well, I uh... yeah. Go ahead, you tell him, Mac. But I heard him say that he, that you listen. They're coming in. They're back.
2: Hey, does anybody see the crazy cat yet? Yeah, yeah. There he is. Yeah, yeah. That's her. Number three engine's dead. Shot out. Well, there he is. There he is. That's ha, Vino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wait here's hears the news. Come on, come on, Chaplin. Right with you, Mac. Hey, wait a minute. He ain't at a station. Something must be wrong. Easy, Mac, easy.
3: Anzivino's probably at the door, ready to break out. There, it's opening now. Get the cable ready. Chaplin. Chaplin.
4: I'd come and get him. Get him out of there.
3: Steady, Jim. It's Anzivino? Zavino?
4: It's gone. I tried to get him back, Chaplin. I tried.
2: We know you did, Jim. <laughs> and Zubino. He's never going to know. He's never going to know whether it was a boy or a girl.
4: <laughs>
2: well, it's happened again. I prayed for him, prayed for him to come back. And he's dead. How do you answer that, chaplain? Here's a G.I. with a problem. Every time I pray for somebody, they die.
3: We here have laid you to rest, Zavino, with prayer and promise promise to your son that his new life shall find peace. Like the wind searching through this jungle, men everywhere are seeking the time when this restless violence will blow away from the world, leaving a place where men shall sing in one chorus. Our job is yet undone. We shall finish it, Anzavino. That these things need not be Again.
1: You are listening to My Fighting Congregation, starring Brian Dunleavy with Wally Mayer, on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. Tonight's Cavalcade is the story of an Army chaplain, United States Army Air Force, and his G.I. congregation at a jungle air base. At the end of this program, you will hear Chaplain William R. Arnold, Brigadier General, Chief of Chaplains, United States Army, speaking to you from Washington, D.C. As our DuPont cavalcade continues, Ground Crew Sergeant Ed McGowan, played by Wally Mayer, is taking a walk near the jungle air base, trying to forget that his friend Anzabino has been killed on a combat mission. Chaplain, played by Brian Donlevy, joins him. McGowan! Well, well, look what the cat
3: drug in. (laughs) You going for a walk, Sergeant?
2: Any rules against it?
3: No, no, I just thought I'd join you. It's a big island, Chaplain. Uh, Mac, I've always made it my business not to butt in where I see I'm not wanted. That's
2: a good rule, Chaplain. Too good a rule to be broken.
3: But it's our way to give help where it's needed,
2: even when it's not asked for. That sounds pretty, Chaplain. What does it mean?
3: There are things that happen in all our lives, Mac, that hurt bad. But unless we tell someone about it, no one ever knows. Because there's no wound,
2: no scar to show how badly we hurt. I get it. You want me to talk to you. Little Mac's to talk like the rest of those saps, huh? (laughs) Is that it? Well, (laughs) you don't feel like... I don't. I never did, and I certainly don't now. Now, look, you're an officer, and you can send me in for this if you wish. But if you don't mind, chaplain, I think I'll go back. This promenade's getting a little too crowded. Have a nice walk last night, Mac? Nuts. Hand me the blowtorch, will you? Yeah. Here you
5: are.
2: Hey, you know, Mac, you'd feel better if you talked to him. What'd you say? I said you'd feel better if... if you talked to the chaplain. Why don't you shut up and mind your own business? Who are you yelling at? I'm yelling at you! And if you don't shut up, I'll stop yelling and start to melt! Such as what? Such as this! You... Hey, what's going
4: on here? Bring it up! Come on, bring it up! Are you... What do you guys think you're doing? Bring it up, I say! McGowan!
2: I'll... I'll spread him
4: so thin you won't know him from the ground. McGowan! Yes, sir? You know the penalty for fighting on the field, Sergeant? Yes. Well, what's your explanation? You can be broken for this, Sergeant. No excuse, sir. Then report to my office.
3: Excuse me, Captain. May I
4: say something? Boy, I guess so, Chaplain.
3: Captain, I'm responsible for this fight. What?
4: You're responsible?
3: Yes. It's an American citizen's privilege, Captain, to take advice or leave it alone. Sergeant McGowan was denied that right by me. How do you mean? Well, uh, I tried to force my advice on him. Oh, my intentions were good enough, but the sergeant was under a great strain. And he didn't want to discuss his private feelings with me, but I'm afraid I badgered him into extreme
4: irritation. Well, uh, do you have anything to say to that, uh, sergeant? No, sir. Well, in view of what Chaplain Taggart has said, I'll, uh, I'll let it go. You do have a good record. Dismissed. Thank you,
2: sir. Chaplain, I, uh... I'd like to speak to you in private. All right, Sergeant. So will you walk over here? Well, what is it? What did you have to do that for? Why do you have to be so... poking your nose in my business?
3: You really want my answer, Mac?
2: I asked you, didn't I? Because I
3: have faith.
2: Faith? What's that got to do with what I'm talking Faith
3: in prayer. Just, just a minute, Ed. I know what you want to say, but... To me, faith in prayer means most of all, faith in men. You're telling me you believe in me? Yeah. Yes, I believe in you. And if faith is going to work for anything, it has to be with you all the time. You have to keep on trying. Uh... I'm leaving today on that trip to the other base, but you think it over.
1: I'll take another. Hmm. That cleans me out.
2: Mac? Hit me easy, baby. Woo-hoo! Woo-wee! That was it. Hmm. I'll take one. All ah, right, it's 19. I'll take your dough, thank you. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it, Jim. Hold it, hold it. Six and a queen and five makes 21. And shove it my way, baby. Hey, um, isn't it about time for the chaplain to be back? What's the matter, Jim? You worried about your socks? He's a nice guy. I didn't say a thing. All right, you can laugh. But that guy's helped a lot of us just by talking. He's a straight guy.
4: Hey, fellas, did you hear the news? What news?
2: A B-17 cracked up over a today. They say it's the one the chaplain was on. Get out of here with those... What managers. are you talking about? Now, don't about. yell at me. That's what I heard at the tower. I don't believe it. He's a, a swell guy. Field's gonna seem empty without him. If it was one of us that got it, he'd be holding us service. Well, what do you say? Sure, only I don't know how to start. You, Joe? I don't either. You know... I told you I am the resurrection and the life that's it go ahead Mac I am the resurrection and the life he that he that believeth in me he that believeth in me even though he were dead yet shall he live that's all I know Then I'll say it just plain. The chaplain's dead, Lord. But he was a good guy. And he took a lot of gaff from a lot of dog faces. Me among them. We brought our troubles to him. But he never let on if, if he was feeling bad. And he believed in us as men. And now we don't have a chance to thank him. So you do it for us, God. Will you? Now I guess we sing. That's right.
5: Lead kindly light Amidst them circling gloom. Without me on the night
2: is on yeah we were praying for him but you're right the chaplain wasn't killed. He didn't die. He came back. You know, it just goes to show you. There's a lot of a guy like me has to learn the hard way. Yeah, he came back, and we all felt like monkeys standing there. What's going on here? It's the chaplain, mm-hmm. huh?
3: huh? I thought for a minute someone was taking my job. Oh, we heard there was a cracker. A crack-up? Oh, Oh, no, that was a rumor. Everyone's accounted for. (laughs) We thought you
5: were...
3: Yeah, we were holding a service. For you. Well, can I have a rain check on that?
2: Sure, Chaplain.
3: Uh, What am I saying?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind him, Chaplain. He was just worried about his socks. Uh, Chaplain, we... We thought you were lost, and and we were worried. We all were. And me, too. (laughs) Well... And look, if there's anything I can ever do, I don't care. I, I, well, I, I...
3: now, Mac, thanks very much. Now, at the next service, how about you
2: handing out the hymn books? The hymn books, sir? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh the hymn books. Oh, yeah, sure, the hymn books. I'll be glad to hand them out. Yeah, 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 thanks, Captain, Mr. Chappell. Thanks, Mac, thanks. And,
3: Jim, here are your socks.
1: of tonight's Cavalcade, Ryan Donlevy.
3: Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. For Wally Mayer, the Cavalcade players, and myself, it is now my privilege to introduce Cavalcade's distinguished guest, Chaplain William R. Arnold, Brigadier General, Chief of Chaplains of the United States, who will speak from Washington.
4: With every thousand men in camp or going into battle there is a chaplain. There are chaplains on transports, at dressing stations and in every hospital. Wherever your father, husband, son or brother may be, he has his chaplain who is as deeply concerned about his welfare as the most devoted hometown pastor. In every sense of the word, they are fellow soldiers who share fifty-fifty all the dangers, hardships, and sufferings of war. It often happens that when one is wounded, the other is wounded. When one is killed, the other goes with him into eternal life. This is not merely a war of flesh against flesh, of weapon against weapon for some material advantage. It is a war of spirit against spirit for the supremacy of God or devil in the affairs of men. It is an ancient warfare in which Almighty God and his faithful servants have never been defeated. More than 10,000 chaplains in the armed forces are praying, laboring, and sacrificing in order that our fighting men may be faithful servants of the eternal God and worthy to share his inevitable victory for truth, justice,
1: and freedom. Thank you, General Arnold. And now, here is Gain Whitman in Hollywood speaking for DuPont to tell you one of the important ways in which cellophane is serving our fighting men in the invasion of Europe. Tonight, there is a spirit of deep humility in every American heart. Thankfulness that the men whose responsibility it was to direct our forces into the greatest battle of history had the courage to wait. The courage to plan each step with great care. The foresight that weighed carefully the importance of each detail in the overall plan. Because that foresight brings returns in fewer lives lost. Less of the great suffering that necessarily comes before victory is complete. Here is one example of how chemistry, aided in the shaping of this great striking force, which we back up with our prayers, our continued all-out production and increased war bond purchases. The general staff couldn't know whether or not the Germans would use poison gas. So the men and women in the invasion forces were supplied with gas-protective covers. These covers are made of cellophane. You've probably noticed that many products formerly packaged in cellophane now reach you without their familiar transparent wrap. Much less cellophane is available today for wrapping bread, candy, and other food products, cigarettes and cigars. Along with the millions of yards of cellophane used to package field rations or wrapping guns and replacement parts for tanks and aircraft, and protecting medical supplies. Still more cellophane is protecting the invasion troops against poison gas. These gas covers made of a special cellophane look like huge envelopes. The soldier pulls one over his head, over his helmet and gas mask. He can crouch down and move forward with his clothing and exposed flesh protected against attack. Nurses, doctors, everyone who may be exposed is supplied with these gas covers. Cellophane was chosen for this particular invasion job because it is practically impermeable to the effects of most poison gases. The gas cover equipment for one man requires the cellophane formerly used to wrap 1,450 packs of cigarettes. So when you miss the protection this shining transparent film formerly gave your favorite brand, just remember that for the time being, it is doing a far more important job. In addition to the cigarette manufacturer, the candy maker, baker, meat packer, and other manufacturers using cellophane as a protective packaging material Have given the fullest cooperation in reducing their use in order that there might be a plentiful supply for this important invasion. Cellophane gas protective covers are another chapter in the wartime story of DuPont's Better Things for Better Living through Chemistry. Next Monday evening, the DuPont Cavalcade brings you Richard Conti and Kevin O'Shea in Tokyo Spearhead, the little known but exciting story of the daring crossing of the Owen Stanley Mountains in New Guinea. By a company of American infantry on the first steps of Japan. Cavalcade is happy to remind its audience that Brian Dunleavy appeared through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, producers of The Story of Dr. Wassell. Tonight's Cavalcade music was composed and conducted by Robert Armbrister. This is James Bannon sending best wishes from Cavalcade sponsor, the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware. The Cavalcade of America came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
0: That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, Kenkerlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net.